Hello and welcome back. Coach Mary here today with a very special guest who is one of my beautiful clients that I have had the honor to coach for the last seven months and get to know on such a personal level, the beautiful Julie Hollister. But first, in case you are new to us, we are The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com, that is habit with a Y, to request more info. I'm beyond thrilled to introduce to y'all someone who has not only transformed her own life, but has also inspired countless others along the way. Julie is a remarkable woman who has embarked on an incredible weight loss journey for the past seven months. I've had the privilege of being her coach and witnessing her progress firsthand. Through sheer determination and unwavering commitment, Julie has achieved tremendous success in her health journey. But it's not just about the numbers on the scale. What sets her apart is the depth of her journey, the resilience she has shown, and the personal growth she experienced. Together, we have explored various paths, including weight loss, a reverse diet, and now sitting at maintenance. It has been a journey exploring different avenues and overcoming uh, what works best for her unique body and lifestyle. I'm incredibly honored to have you here today, Julie, sharing your inspiring story with our audience. Your journey is a true testament to the power of determination, self-discovery, and profound impact that health and wellness can have on our lives. So without further ado, let's welcome Julie to the show and get ready to be inspired, motivated, and moved with her incredible triumph. But, but before we dive into your story, Julie, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Mary, for the kind introduction. It is truly an honor to be a guest here on the Habits Podcast. My name is Julie, and I'm originally from San Diego, California, and I currently live in Greenville, South Carolina with my family. I'm married to my husband, Kevin. We've been married for nine and a half years, and together we have two beautiful children, Weston, who is eight, and Everly, who is four. And I work for the YMCA. I have a 22-year degree here serving in youth development and diversity and inclusion work. Wow, I didn't know you've been there for 22 years. I have worked for three different YMCAs in three different states. I started in Las Vegas, Nevada. I internshiped there. And then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and now currently in Greenville, South Carolina. So yes, 22 years with the YMCA. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, so that is awesome. I learned something new today, too. Well, I truly believe that it is important to acknowledge how our childhood experiences can profoundly shape us as adults. Our early years have a significant impact on our beliefs, our behaviors, and our relationship with food. And with that in mind, I'd love to start by exploring your childhood, because it is a very unique one, and how, is, how it has influenced your path to where you are today. So if you don't mind, can you share with us a bit about your early life and the challenges you faced before being adopted and how you feel your experiences then shaped your relationship with food growing up? This question is one to really think about because, you know, where you are today, each of us as an individual human being, there's uh, an experience or something that shaped us that really has you know, carved us in many ways, including our relationship with food. Um, my journey is a little bit different. I was adopted at the age of eight. And before I was adopted, I lived with a family, my biological mom and dad, and they lived a life of addiction where really it overtook every single 
aspect of their responsibility, including the care of, of myself. And food wasn't always necessarily available um, for us. And we didn't have a cabinet full of food where I can get snacks and kind of come and go as I please. Um, when I had food, um, I, you know, sometimes I just didn't know when our next meal would be. And so you, if you think about that and what that life is like for a child, it definitely does start your relationship with food and access is a huge thing, um, when it comes to health journeys and how you view food. And when I was adopted, I did have access to food and my basic needs um, were met, but you can imagine as an eight-year-old going from one type of family and what that looked like in health and then going into a different type of family and seeing what health really can be. And you're kind of relearning or learning things for the new time or for the first time of what health and well-being should really look like. And so this experience shaped who I am. It is part of just how I show up in this world and my experience. And it's a part of my story that has to be recognized and acknowledged to be able to move forward. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I I totally resonate with that. I think all of us have certain like childhood things. You know, I always something that I've noticed with all of my clients is what I've seen with a lot of parents. And it's our parents do the best that they can. But it's that whole you can't get up from the table until you finish all your food type thing. And it's that type of mentality that obviously, you know, if you grow up and you don't have a lot of money, it's like this is what we have. But it can take us into childhood. I mean, into adulthood and how we view like if and if we're full, it's like, no, like, and it's ingrained in our mind, we can't get up from the table until we eat all of our food. And so it's, it's something that we have to walk this line as we grow into adults and how we can um, fuel our body and listen to our body's hunger cues. So, um, but I would like to know, so after you're, uh, after you were adopted, it sounds like you had to navigate a whole new world, including establishing a healthy relationship with food. Can you share with us how that transition was for you and how it shaped your approach to eating and nourishing your body? Did you face any specific challenges or discoveries during that time that you that still influenced your relationship with food today? I think when I got into middle school and also in high school, um, I really struggled with what I think a lot of young women struggle with is um, just their self-confidence and you start comparing yourself to others and how you look and placing value um, if you are enough. And because of my past, I also thought about you know, deserving of love or having a boyfriend. And I attribute a lot of that to my looks. And of course, that you know, has an impact on my relationship with food. And there was times um, between middle school and high school where maybe I wasn't as confident in my skin, or maybe I deprived myself from food thinking that um, I would be a little bit more accepted, or I might, you know, somebody might have interest in me and want to be my girlfriend. I think a lot of us as women have had experiences like that. And as an adult, I just want to like shake my head, but it is part of, you know, the journey and the process. And, you know, I think another pivotal time in um, my you know relationship with food is when I went to college for the first time. And this was the first time for me where I was completely on my own making decisions for just me. I was 12 hours away from my family. And as somebody who has been adopted at an age that understood what was happening in their life, you know, the freedom of choice is a little bit different. It might hold a different weight than somebody that might um, not have had this lived experience. And I really 
realized that um, I did not have a healthy relationship with food when I was in college. Um, Food was social. Food was a coping mechanism. Food was how I handled stress. And I didn't gain the typical freshman 15, as they say, um, but I gained the freshman 50. Um, And I realized very quickly that I didn't know how to properly take care of myself Um, when I was given this like freedom of choice of being independent and on my own. And that was another pivotal moment, I believe, in my health journey that really just like showcased to me that my relationship with food needed some support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is I, out of like all of uh, the people that I've um, either um, shared a podcast with, talked about going from being at home and having more of a structure, like you're so used to your parents telling you like, oh, make this or they make something for you. But then when you go to college, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to grocery shop. You don't know like you. I used to go to the grocery store and just like get stuff. But then it was like I had nothing to make when I got home because it was just like there was nothing to put together. I didn't know how to put together a meal or how to make a meal. And it was like I would get all these like snacks. But I'm like, oh, wait, I don't have anything to like make or, you know, and I think that it's so interesting. And I, I feel like now I really make it a point to even teach my kids. And especially I have an almost 18 year old. She'll be 18 in July. So it's like I make it a point like how to teach her how to like grocery shop and how to make a meal because I was as much as my mom did her best. It was just something we didn't I didn't learn like how to grocery shop or how to like make a meal. You are so right. I think like learning how to make a proper meal is um, such a life skill. I mean, I think and I look back about the education I received about health and, you know, it was like the food pyramid, right? I don't know if you remember that or maybe I'm dating myself. Um, But, you know, actually learning that and applying that into everyday life. I think there is definitely a disconnect. And um, I think that we need to spend a lot more education um, with our children about like, what does a healthy meal look like and how to prepare that. And that starts in your own home. So it is something that I'm really trying to actively, um, you know, teach my kids about and making it fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, could you tell us about the turning point in college when you realized that you needed to heal when it comes to food and what really sparked that realization for you? I wish I could say that there was a moment in college where I was like, I need to heal my relationship with food. But to be honest with you, that really did not start until um, probably right before I started with you, Mary, and understanding that I needed to do some different dig deep work. But I do think a turning point in college is when I came home um, the first summer after freshman year and um, I saw friends and family who I haven't seen in a long time and they never said anything, um, but I felt so much shame because I knew that I was different. I knew I showed up differently in the world. I felt different in my skin. I didn't have as much confidence. And that was really like one of the turning points for me to say that I really don't know how to navigate my health journey. And I do need to think about how to, you know, work through and learn more about how food serves my body. And I and I don't think that I mastered that um, in college or in my young adult um like history. I think really in college is where I I started like the yo-yo diet culture of, you know, losing and gaining the same 20 to 25 pounds. Um, And so it wasn't like a pivotal moment. But I will say that when I graduated high school and I interned with the YMCA, I now had access to a lot of health resources, whether it was group X classes or nutritionists or 
just more of a healthy lifestyle and even a work environment to make small changes. Um, I think that's probably where I became a lot more aware that um, I wanted to represent myself in a way that really matched the values of the organization that I was working with. Um, but I still didn't master it. I'm still a work in progress. But I, I do think, you know, like having people see me after I had gained 50 pounds and then an introduction to what health could be and making it a little bit easier because I work in an environment where that's possible. I think those are two big points that um, started me understanding that I needed to do something a little bit different in my health journey. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it always is. It never, it never um, changes overnight. And I think a lot of people feel like it it should, but years and years and years of building habits don't change overnight. Um, but I know that you're working really hard on that. And um, moving into, you know, you get married, you're starting a family, and you're an adult, you've graduated, you're, you're in your career. Um, and I know that this is a super tough subject to talk about, because I know losing pregnancies um, at any age, at any stage is really hard. And it's very difficult and it's a very heartbreaking experience. It can really take a toll on us emotionally, but also can make us reevaluate our overall health. Um, how could how would you describe that experience and how it impacted your perspective on your overall uh, wellness journey? So like I said, there's pivotal moments, I think, looking back and reflecting um, on my health journey where it really um, made a difference or I had to show up differently. And this was definitely one of those experiences. Um, we had my son, Weston. We had no problems getting pregnant with him. I was able to sustain a healthy pregnancy and carried him to term. And then we had um, two miscarriages in between him and our daughter, Everly. And, um, you know, one miscarriage is extremely difficult. Um, you're kind of like in this fog, like what is happening? I wasn't supposed to have this experience. You have all of those feelings and those thoughts. But to have it again, um, you know, it, it changes who you are. It changes um, you as a person. It changes how you view your body, um, what your body's supposed to do, how it fails you. There's a lot of emotion that goes into that. And I remember sitting in my OB office after our second miscarriage, um, you know, the room kind of goes silent and you're just kind of like trying to pay attention, but you're you're having a hard time like wrapping your heart and mind around your emotions and what your reality is. And I remember specifically, I wasn't really listening, but all I kept thinking about was um, I can't let her tell me that um, my weight is... I have to lose weight in order to sustain a healthy pregnancy. You see, when you have miscarriages, you feel like there's so much out of your control that sometimes it just happens and sometimes there's things to support it. And I just could not face the fact that because of the decisions that I made in my relationship with food or how I was in my health journey, that my body, the one thing I could control was my health and how, my mental health and also my physical health. And um, I remember leaving that OB office and I share this story quite often because I feel like I didn't realize how important it was going to be until I have some time to reflect about it now. But I remember sitting in my car just kind of thinking like, what's next? 
And I sat in the parking lot and I joined Weight Watchers. Um, I had done the program years and years before. Um, I had friends who were on um, Weight Watchers and I joined and I was very successful. Um, You know, I had some time to heal. I had lost 30 pounds. We had started fertility treatments and I was able to get pregnant with Everly and sustain um, her pregnancy. And my doctor never once told me it's because you lost weight or because you were overweight. But in my mind and in my heart, I just knew that I needed to focus on my health um, because I needed to, you know, I felt this responsibility of growing our family. And I didn't want it to be me that um, I I could change this, but I was choosing not to change it. So it was such a huge part in my health journey and just where I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I know that, you know, women who experience a miscarriage or multiple miscarriages can tend to blame themselves in those situations. Um, and that that's just, I can't even fathom or imagine um, that feeling. So, um, and as a woman and a mom, like that is, it's heartbreaking. So I can see how you would try to um, re- regain some sense of control in that situation and be like, okay, well, what can I do to fix this and remedy this? And I'm sure it's like also your body's way of trying to heal those emotions. Um, and so I am really curious about your personal experiences before we started working together. So tell me about your Weight Watcher journey and how you approached that in the beginning. And how did you navigate through the ups and downs? And what were some of the biggest hurdles you encountered along the way? So after I had my daughter, I actually started WW or Weight Watchers again two weeks after I had her. And they have a nursing program. And Weight Watchers has a certain amount of points they are able um, to eat per day. And I saw a huge success with with Weight Watchers. Um, the program was simple. It was easy. Um, I found so much joy in finding like new recipes and products I could have and making strides to be a healthier me. Um, I found success in weigh-ins, weekly weigh-ins. Um, I found an amazing, amazing community online um, with support. And it was working. Like I was losing weight. Um, It took me about two and a half years, but I started at 229 pounds and um, my goal weight, which was 150. And I, you know, I look back at this and I just like picked a number um, that I was like, oh, I think this would be a great number. I don't ever remember being that weight. I don't, I didn't know if I would like um, feeling that way or looking that way, or if I'd be able to sustain it. I never thought of any of those pieces, but I did hit that goal. And I remember um, you know, thinking like, was I going to keep going? And I, I hit a number that I only saw once. And it's sad that I remember this number, but I do. And, you know, Weight Watchers is definitely scale driven, um, was like 147.8. And I remember thinking, okay, I can go to 135, I can go to 130. Um, but I just didn't feel the need to continue to move, like continue weight loss. I was feeling confident in my skin. I was feeling like I, you know, my goals were being met. Um, But it wasn't until after I hit goal that I really found a um, hardship. I think, 
you know, maintenance is is a stage where I'm learning. Um, it, there's not a lot that's happening there. But I think that through the program, you know, you're given extra points per day to be in maintenance. And there's not a lot of resources or support in the maintenance phase. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. It's I believe that maintenance is harder than actually losing weight. Others might have different experiences. Um, but I got really, um, like thinking I wasn't being successful if my weight was fluctuating. I saw the scale starting to go up. So I kind of went to some unhealthy extremes where I thought I was being healthy to maintain that weight. I did a six-week strength strength training program six days a week, and I had gained seven pounds. But I was the leanest I ever was, and I was very confident in my skin. And after I did that, um, the scale was starting to go up more because I realized that the more that I was doing in extremes, the, the same or more I had to do to maintain it or to keep losing. And so that's when I switched and did 75 hard and another extreme that completely, I'm so proud that I completed it, but it completely destroyed my body. I was so mentally and physically fatigued. I felt very lost. Um, again, I became very lean. I was very disciplined. I thought that that would help me like stay on track. And I, after I completed 75 hard, I, I speak pretty openly about it, but I felt completely lost in my health journey. And I just did not know what to do next. And I knew I needed to do something different because um, my experience with WW and maintenance was I just could not sustain it. And I felt like I had to learn something more beyond points. I had to learn finally about what nutrition is, how it serves my body. And I needed to be okay with saying, I, I think that I need help. And I think that I need somebody who is more experienced um, than myself to help me in this new phase of my health journey. So I would love to talk about, you know, your decision to work with a coach and what motivated you to seek out professional guidance and how was having how is, because it's not was, you're still currently with me, how is having a coach, um, how, how has it made a difference in your journey? So I think that I finally realized that I couldn't do this on my own anymore. Um, I wanted to break cycle of losing and gaining the same 25 to 50 pounds. I wanted, I felt a responsibility to be a learner besides points. I felt like I relied on a system of points, but didn't understand like nutritional makeup of food. And I realized that um, I needed a different level of accountability and a unique experience to really help me understand that my journey is my journey and nobody else's and that I have my own personal history. I have my own personal goals. I have all of the things that make me uniquely me and that's perfectly fine. And so how do I find a plan that's designed for that? And I um, joined you as a client and I, you know, I could speak forever. Like this could be the whole podcast series. It is something that I, I look back and like, I'm thankful that I did a chance because it is very vulnerable to um, put yourself in the hands of a life coach. Like I, I've told you this before, but I felt like I gave you my journey like in my hand and said, like, I don't know what to do with this anymore. And so I felt like I was at an all time low. And um, it's just very interesting to see that through that vulnerability, I've been able to grow so much. And I, you know, I had a thought like enter my mind where 
you know, there's so many different nutritional food programs and apps. And, you know, you put your data in there and, you, you know, it doesn't give you back really a lot of information about yours and yours alone past. This is what you have left to eat. And I needed more than that. And I know that health coaches aren't therapists, but Mary, I seriously feel like um, I go to therapy every time I have a check-in with you because you're looking at my data, you are getting to know me and building a relationship with me, and you're like five steps ahead of me. Um, you keep me focused on the goal. Um, if self-doubt creeps into my mind or I'm like, this is not the process that I feel like is the best for me, like you just like take me by the hand and say, well, share with me why. And you're helping me unlearn like years and years and years of just being in diet culture for the society that that we've lived in and how it's impacted my life. And you've you've helped me recognize that and keep me on this path to help me achieve my goals. And you've met me from where I'm at. Um, that is one of the most important things I feel is it's like you feel like sometimes when you have an expert, you know, yes, they push you and yes, they challenge you. But it's also important to meet you where you're at and you can grow together and trust each other and build that relationship so you finally can be successful. I wholeheartedly believe I think health coaching is one of the things that um, everybody should be able to like take part in. Um, and especially with the habit, you guys have been absolutely supportive and amazing. And it is the best kept secret, 100%. Well, I'm so happy. And honestly, I, I in a way, yeah, I'm not a therapist by, by any means. However, I do feel like it is very therapeutic to have somebody, um, this is it's a big deal. And I say that from experience, I say that from losing a lot of weight myself, that it this is hard. And I have had many clients where we have broken down together. I have had times where I have cried and and um check-ins to my clients because their story touches me so much. And it's it's a very healing experience for everybody. And I I honestly I could I love my job so very much for that very reason. Um, and so I know that you have been on a journey that has been rather heartbreaking, trying to come up with a solution to your daughter, Everly's um, non-celiac gluten intolerance. Um, can you share more about your journey with your daughter and what that's looked like for you and your family and how you've been navigating it with your macro journey? Sure. Another um, evolution in my health journey for sure that I was not prepared for. Um, my daughter just recently got her diagnosis after about five months of unanswered um, just doctor's appointments. And she's been diagnosed with non-celiac gluten intolerance, which is affecting her skin and affecting her neurological system. And we have been meeting with a functional doctor after evaluations and tests and has found that um, you know, food has, I mean, I'm learning that food is so powerful. Food can be healing and food can be um, harmful to our bodies depending on how our body is made up. And unfortunately, um, there are some food intolerances um, that has really like really hurt her body through her skin and her neurological system. And so we are embarking upon a journey together as a family. Um, she's doing kind of what you would think is an autoimmune diet or an AIP diet, which is gluten-free, soy-free, grain-free, and dairy-free. And it is a big overhaul for our family. Um, it has forced me to 
look at food a little bit differently. I, you know, for so long, the last couple of years, I've been, does this fit within my points or does this fit within my macros? But now I'm being challenged as a continual learner and as, and to be stretched to help support my daughter in her health journey by understanding ingredients in, um, in the foods that we eat and helping her navigate so she can heal to be her best self. And it has been an, a huge overhaul in pivoting. And But I'm so excited that we have received answers. Um, I'm trying to take it day by day, meal by meal, snack by snack, because as you can imagine, it's a huge change um, from going from a very processed world and processed foods to easy access to really looking into anti-inflammatory foods and whole foods and um, trying new things and navigating those conversations very carefully um, so she understands um, why food choices are hurting her body or healing her body. So hopefully we I can break this cycle for her to you know learn health at a young age and learn how to advocate for herself and learn you know what um, feeling her best feels like and not um, having a relationship with food that might, um, be hard to navigate as she gets older. So it is a lot to, to process. It's a lot to learn. Um, learning on the fly as a parent is extremely hard, but when you feel like you have the health of one of your children in your hands, it's a completely different um, motivation to look at food from a different lens of true healing. And I just never thought that I would be at a point where I'm tracking my macros and I'm having to track my daughter's macros um, to make sure that she's getting enough and tracking her meals to make sure that she is getting the right food um, to heal her body. So it is. it has definitely been a journey. I'm just embarking upon it. I'm pretty open because I feel like um, the more connection that we can help each other out um, with this new diagnosis, um, hopefully will make it easier for the next mom that might unfortunately have to navigate this journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's got to be so tough because four-year-olds, they don't understand. They just want to eat what they like. Yeah, like they want to eat what they like and they don't understand. They don't have that um, the the wherewithal to know um why they have to change their diet or what that even means at all um and that's it's some of that like what i say like that informed consent uh, a lot of kids don't have that um when you're talking about like informed decisions and things like that they just don't understand quite what anything means and so i can understand how hard it is to because right now she's so vulnerable in the things that she's learning and she's a sponge of learning everything and holding on to everything. And so I can totally see how the words that you say to her and the actions that you um, that you do have to walk this line of, of maintaining this diet that she's got to be on because I've seen the pictures. It's just a ter it looks absolutely terrible, but also maintaining her innocence as a child. It's so I'm sure that that's so hard. And I truly commend you for it. And I think you're doing an amazing job because I have no idea how I would do and, and handle that. I would love to know some of your key strategies and tools you've learned along the way that have helped you stay committed and motivated in your weight loss journey. So I think, you know, one of the key strategies that's really worked well for me, and I didn't really realize it until I got further along in my health journey is 
refocusing on my why. Why did I decide that I needed a change um, to improve my overall health? And, you know, when it first started, it evolves. You know, my first started was to expand my family and to grow my family. And then it came into like, I didn't want my physical ability to ever be a barrier for me to play with my kids, to be in the pictures and create memories with my kids, or to show them that they can do hard um, hard things. Like if I wanted to be the one to show them that they could cliff jump, I'm going to jump off that, you know, that rock to show them they can do that. And I don't want my own insecurities or how I feel in my skin or just my overall health to get in the way. Um, I also think like reevaluating your goals along your journey is extremely important because those change. If I would have told myself four years ago that my current goal is went from being 150 pounds to just like finding healthy, sustainable balance so I can just live my life in a healthy manner, um, I would never have believed myself. But reevaluating and evolving in your health journey takes time for pause and reflection. And um, I wish that was something that I would have learned a little bit earlier in my health journey. Um, But that is the advice that I would give somebody if they were going um, to start and to stay motivated in their own personal health journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a true growth mindset right there. I think that that's important. I know we've talked about meeting where you currently are and how important that is. So that way you don't feel like you are um, having these unrealistic expectations on yourself. And so if you can meet where you currently are in life and kind of shift and change, I think that that is such a growth mindset because we don't need to continue to push and push and push. And then all of a sudden you get burnt out and you're just kind of done. And so there's never an end to this. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong, all the time we want to think about um, our health and our well-being. So there's never like an end goal. The end goal would just be living a a lifestyle that you enjoy and a, bo- and a body that you feel proud of and that you're empowered in. And so whatever size that is, it doesn't matter. But as long as you feel proud and you feel strong and you feel like you can sustain those habits, I think that's the number one key because it's going to ebb and flow. Life life always happens. Um, and so I would, uh, to kind of round this um, podcast out, I would love for you to kind of give us, give the audience some advice and words of encouragement that if you were talking to somebody who is just starting their own weight loss journey or facing any similar challenges in their life, what would you tell that person? First of all, I would tell them that I'm incredibly proud of them. I feel like the hardest part is starting and giving yourself permission to want something different um, for your life. Um, I also think that it's really important to realize that you don't have to do all of the things that you think a health journey involves all at once. Phasing it in is completely okay. I started just year one, just focusing on nutrition because I really needed to wrap my, you know, my arms and understanding and learning around that. And I didn't add fitness or movement until year two. So taking steps that are realistic for your journey um, is extremely important. I think a lot of times we can fall into this trap of chasing somebody else's transformation photo and doing exactly what they did to expect the same results for us. And that might not be the benchmark or the realistic change that we're hoping for ourselves past a picture. Um, Finding a community of support is extremely important. Um, I went 
I wish I would have learned this a little bit sooner because it would have made my start of my journey a little bit easier. I literally just started like posting photos on Instagram to like keep myself accountable of the food that I ate. And I didn't realize that by doing that, I would find such an amazing community of support and at times accountability because I asked for that. And it has truly been a life-changing experiences. So just remember that your experience, your health journey is yours and yours alone. And it is beautiful just the way that it is. And um, staying focused on our goals and not what everybody else is doing will really help you achieve hopefully the goal of sustainable, healthy balance and whatever your own personal health goals are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people don't share because if they quit, then they're letting not only themselves down, they're letting everybody else down. And so it's that it's that mental thing. Like you always know that you're, that you might not stick to it. It's a, like, you don't trust yourself enough. And so you don't share it because you've always quit in the past. But I think, and I'm with you, once I started sharing my journey publicly, uh, I started my Instagram in 2018, like mid 20, or maybe closer to 2019. I can't remember, no, 2018. That's when things started truly changing because I had myself and I was and I felt almost accountable to everybody else. But really, it's only me that matters. But it was nice to have that community. And it's great. So um, it has really been truly remarkable to hear your journey and of your overcoming your challenges and embracing your new lifestyle and finding strength in your own experiences. Your story truly reminds us of the transformative power of resilience and determination an unwavering belief in your own ability to make positive changes. So thank you, Julie, for sharing your story with us today. Your openness and your authenticity will for sure touch the hearts of our listeners and provide valuable insight into the importance of self-care, healing, and the pursuit of empowerment. To our listeners, we hope you found this episode as enlightening and as empowering as I did. Remember, each journey is unique, and no matter where you are in your own health and wellness path, there is always hope, support, and the possibility for transformation. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback fuels your our motivation to bring you more incredible stories like this one. Join us next time as we talk about the journey beyond tracker, tracking macros. And until then, stay resilient, stay inspired. And remember, there is nothing more powerful than a made up mind.